previously on Follow the Leader. So, Meridian takes the baby. I don't know exactly what the timeline here looks like. I don't know how long this is after Andreas' birthday. I was thinking that it was, it's been, I was going to say like at least, you know, uh, a few years that this timeline would take place over. Yeah. Scale-wise, that's really good because now, because that means like, Andreas is at an age where he would remember Meridian at this point too. Mm-hmm. Not not well, but he would rem- he would remember snatches of this. So Meridian takes him, and is kind of like, "We're gonna go visit my mom and dad." Mm. And this isn't like this is like, "Well, your mom is down on down planet side. We'll go visit my mom and dad. Don't worry, I've cleared it with them. We'll just have some fun, just the two of us, no adults around." And everything goes down while they're in transit, so they don't get the news until they reach uh, Meridian's parents. It's it's hard because Meridian doesn't want to lie to Davy, but it is a very very hard. To yeah, be like you, like the six year old to like this sit point. this child down and be like, but it has to be done, and he does it, and it sucks. And Mab and I were talking a little bit behind the scenes, so Meridian gives. Andreas the name Davy Jane and he picks up one of his own aliases but something happens I don't know 100% what but he ends up having to leave Davy at the below and he has to go away for a while and it's hard because it's probably a criminal thing (laughs) (laughs) and he doesn't want to because he's the only family that Davy's got left and he's promised his aunt that he would protect Davy with his life. And before he goes, Meridian... Here's how this goes slightly wrong, because Meridian knows how to break the reticulum. But he's trying to do it quietly and carefully, and so he doesn't quite do it right. So it still kind of works. But kind of like a badly tuned radio. But it's safer if it doesn't work for Davy, because then no one will know where he came from, and no one will be able to find him. And so he goes, and he's, you know, doing his best, and he's checking in every now and then, but it starts getting harder and harder. And he's he's getting, fr- he, he has to get further and further away. But he is going to go back. Someday. He's going to go back for Davy someday. Hopefully someday soon, though, because... He's starting to hear whispers about what's going on back at Elsinore, and it's not good. Mr. Jane, I am sorry for the misunderstanding. I don't believe you are the missing prince. Linwood, there's just this look of disgust on his face, and he lunges forward and is just like, he is the prince, he is. All right, Linwood. Is is the signet (laughs) ring still outside of Davy's shirt? (laughs) Yeah, he's just left it out. I think Linwood, like, goes in to snatch it. Minos grabs him (laughs) and lifts him up into the air. Mr. Drayton, how would you know? I think Sol approaches and is just, you know, flipping her knife, doing knife tricks. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? I want to ping my weakness, paranoid and vengeful, because... Saul is just going to going to attack him while he's Hell yeah. in the air. Hmm. She's just going to go for a knife in the gut. Also, because like I think at the same time, like Davy just stands up very quickly and is just like, well, "Don't do that!" Uh, trying to stop her, but not actively moving. Just kind of like shouts at her, and obviously she just ignores him. Hmm. Does Minos try to stop her? I think he holds his hand out. Uh, and the knife goes through it. So she stabs him in the, in the hand. He's a robot. He's fine. Um, and he says, Miss Hawk, wait. And he puts Linwood on the ground, on his feet. And he says, Mr. Drake, if you'd like, you can run. What are you going to do when we get there? I don't know yet. Stretch my legs a bit. Breathe in some recycled air. Then leave? I guess. I don't know. It's still up for debate. Is there anything for me there, Sol? I'd like to think so. It's a, it's a big place. Got lots of people. Mm. 
What, uh, what did make you stay? If you asked. Listen, I know it's a long way from what you're used to, but Salt, I'd you... like to be friends again. Can't do that if you leave. Salt, don't pretend like you know what I'm used to, just because I'm here to Sol. I guess I'm just guessing, but... I'll repeat what I said. You could ask. Would you stay? Please? <laughs> yeah, I'll stay. Thanks. It, uh, that means a lot. It means a lot that you asked. I should, uh, probably let you do what you need to do, get out of your hair. Well, why don't you stay? This is your old port we're pulling into. Alright, I'll stay. Anyway, that's where we're at. Should be pulling into port in a few days now. I hope... I hope I see you there. If I don't, I get it. You got better stuff to do. But if I do, well, maybe I can introduce you around. You can meet my sister. Turns out she ain't dead. Oh, Miss Hawk. It is wonderful to hear from you after so long. Things have, for the most part, gone well. Davy and Theo have proven talented caretakers for their adopted wards, and the two of them are safe and happy. However, I regret to inform you that not all is well in the below. There are new faces, familiar and unfamiliar, making waves. Things are becoming tense. I am perfectly happy keeping the peace, but I fear I do not have the requisite charisma to truly keep things together. I believe that the below needs Sol Hawk. And also, Miss Hawk, he's back. It's... folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GM-less tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLcast and at FTLcast.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash FTLcast. Today we're playing The Constellations Outside This Porthole Look All Wrong by A.Fell, uh, aka me. For those of you who are new to this game, which probably should be everyone because by the time this episode comes out the game will only have been out for about a month or so scheduled pending so if you haven't read this game yet here are the basics uh the constellations outside this porthole look all wrong is a storytelling game set on a lonely space station hanging in the vast loneliness of space and the people that live there it's a game where the rooms feel too large and too small all at once where you're sure you know everyone's name but there's still faces you've never seen before and where Sometimes, it feels like the outer limits of the final frontier have been reached. It's a game where there's no way to tell for sure which way is up, where gravity is almost definitely a luxury, and deciding whether you'd like to disregard the laws of physics or not will save lives. I'm Mac. I wrote this game. Uh, by necessity, I'm probably going to be doing a little bit more leading than usual, so sorry about that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Citadel of Swords. You can find this game and the other games that I've written at citadelofswords.itch.io. You can find some of the writing I've done, including some writing for this very podcast, ooh, at paradoxicalrenegade.com. And with me today, we have... <laughs> Hi, I'm August. I literally just waved at my microphone because I guess that's who I am as a person now. You can find me on the internet at HarpyDora on Twitter. Uh, you can find my itch at harpydora.itch.io. And my pronouns are they, them. Hi, I'm Mab. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at LittleLadyMab. And by the time this episode drops, guess what? I'll have a Patreon. Hey, you can Yay! find that at Little Lady Mab on Patreon as well. It's going to start January 1st because I figured, why the fuck not? So that'll be exciting. Come there for a lot, a lot of original content to help me fund my audio drama plans. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Jade. You can find me on Twitter at JadeOxfordRose. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on numerous podcasts best bet is to go to stones underscore standing which is the twitter for our podcasting guild we have with other folks over at the room where it happened there you can be kept up to date with all of our various podcasts as well as our live streams which we like to do for funsies sometimes for charity sometimes for us it's usually a good time but stones underscore standing on twitter is where you'll be able to keep tabs on all of it 
Hello, my name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at OffSkittingGod. You can find the music I make at imbugbear.bandcamp.com. You can pay me to run your tabletop campaign. My pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at S-A-K-L-O. And you can find, you know, my portfolio website at samkalo.art. I use he, him pronouns. That's that's all I have to, to say today. <laughs> Look at us having so much to plug. I'm so mm. proud of us. We've all grown as individuals. We're like actual, <laughs> like, we're actually like artists and shit. Um oh. Our lines, as always, are things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, xenophobia, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, and plagues and pandemics. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but will just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Constellations, which is how I refer to it because this game title is so fucking long, also uses the safety emoji system, which was created by Caro Assurgeon and Abe Mendez for their game Reverie Cycle. So we have a go emoji, a wait emoji, a hold, a stop, a delete, and a check-in. So if we ever need to use it for some reason, we can also say those things out loud. Now that we've got all of that, let's get started. Woo! <laughs> So we're playing our game as a follow-up to our flotsam arcs, our kingdom arcs, and by consequence, the uneven orbit arcs. So if you uh, want to listen to this episode, I would highly recommend going back and listening to arc 2, arc 11, arc 18, arc 23, arc 26, and arc 28. (laughs) This game is set on the below, and we are bringing together- oh, I forgot about arc 36. So we are bringing together a lot of plot lines. All six of us are here. This is a very, this is a game with a lot of moving parts. Um, I wrote it specifically to tell this story. So we're going to have some fun. This game takes a lot of, uh, takes like heavy inspiration from a little game called This Town is Full of Monsters by Alex Samoylov. Um, You might have heard me talk about this game. I think it's great. Um, And Alex gave me permission to impart their true wisdom at the top of this game so thank you so much to alex i didn't want to even try to rework this because it's just so good our true wisdom are six points one answers are optional two drama is like a stormy ocean three life is a poem four absolute realism is boring five nothing is real and six games are games these are our principles that will guide our play and form the foundation from which we will hang the world. Consider, however, how consistently you'd like to abide by the laws of physics and decide together whether you'd like to disregard them or not. Trust me, this will save lives. Which is to say, does our station have gravity? Yes. Yeah. We've, yeah, we've maintained it in the past that it has. It could be something to later I was going to say, I distinctly recall dropping a bunch of heavy metal on top of Minos Tar. So, you know. (laughs) Yes, no, it's our depictions of the below have basically been a, like, very densely packed vertical, like, shanty city. Someone did compare it to the back end of the train in Snowpiercer also, Mm -hmm. where everyone's just shoved on top of each other. Yeah, I've always imagined, like, yeah, like a very vertical, like, almost Mm -hmm. favela style, but, like, made of sheet metal and ship parts. 
while that gets added, another visual touchstone I really like uh, for these sort of very dense urban-y environments is the troll market from Hellboy 2. Like a Ooh, lot of yeah. stuff going on. Also, to be honest, if this was a TV show and it looked like it was directed by Guillermo del Toro, which is, to be frank, how I want most TV shows, that would yeah, be good. Honestly. <laughs> honestly, I imagine it being similar to like the seedier parts of Throne from Kill Six Billion Demons in terms of being a huge city full of people. Kind of like the black market in Pacific Rim. I That's the way I'm thinking of. I love those colors. Neons? Do we want neons? Just, I know we talked about lighting coming from like fiber optics and fuel lines that have a very ethereal almost glow. So there's definitely patches that could have that sort of noirish neony look because we already talked about that visual of these glowing fuel lines that create an almost flickering style light in places. For setup, a little bit of legwork in order to game this, get this game up and running, but don't worry, it is all necessary in order to begin. I promise you'll be glad you've done it. One, build the station. Two, define space outside. Three, create some initial characters, locales, and organizations. Four, forge some links. Five, define some mysteries. Six, pin that to the map. Seven, frame the first scene and get started. So let's talk about the station. Much of your action will be focused on the space station you all call home. Little, if any of it, will take place outside, as outside of the space station is, well, space. We're not going to not think about it, but it'll be part of the next step. Your station will be located in a domain we will call the heart. This is the soul of the world of your story, where humans, aliens, synthetic life forms, and others who may fall in between those three make do with what they've got. It's a place where we can feel safe even amongst the vast and absolute reality of deep space. That doesn't mean our station isn't as mysterious as the cosmos, just that there is a tendency to understand it just a little bit better. So we've got some great visual touchstones for the below already. I re-listened re to the Flotsam game yesterday. There wasn't honestly a lot of stuff that was said. So I feel like we also have a chance, like... A lot of space to be able to explore it. Yeah. Hey. So, like, if everyone wants to weigh in, so, like, Sam, if you have anything that you want to just throw in here. Like, like I feel like there's definitely, like, little oases of, like, greenery, but, like in this sort of weird, awkward way where it like kind of a sidewalk with weeds growing out of it, where like somebody has planted some stuff and it got out of hand or escaped. So like urban, those like sort of gorilla urban gardeners, but it's like growing out of like steam, form of steam things and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Someone fucking plant bombed a uh, pipe. Yeah, basically. I like with that then that there's like, vitamin d lamps and things like strung up in various points mm. like in lots of places you've Ooh. got this sort of very flickering very noirish maybe vibe very fantasy and then you come into like little spots and it's like a massive like string of vitamin d lamps over what looks like a bus shelter filled with tomatoes growing or something like that like people mm -hmm. bending the space to make it what they need it there's like um you know bushes and and vines and like interspersed with them are the shards of clay pots that used to constrain them. Mm. 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 Yeah. Love it. And I like the thought that some of this plant life is bioluminescent as well. Like the effect of maybe growing around like these fuel lines and stuff like that. Like maybe chlorophyll that glows and things like that. Just the impact of this greenery and this living material being influenced by the environment in the same way that people like yeah one of my characters their physicality has been permanently altered by growing in this environment i like the thought that the plant life is sort of blending into parts of the station that mix of metal meeting nature and but it also bleeds back in so like plants growing into like a cooling system but then like you see cooling fluid like dropping from a plant further down the station I do also love the idea that there has been biological life that has evolved to grow mm -hmm. in like harsh environments like this. So there is like plants that thrive best when they're growing in like rusted metal. Mm -hmm. Heavily mm. oxidized and stuff. That's great. Love it. Yeah. And it's not all like earth plants either. It's all like weird yeah. alien shit too. Mm -hmm. I don't think did does Earth exist? We've never said. You know what this... I mean. It's not like it's not like necessarily the kinds of plants that we are familiar with. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about not carbon based life. Mm. Fuck yeah, let's do mm -hmm. it. I mean, let's not because we could get into a very long tangent about it. But 
I feel like that's a good amount of details for the vibe of the station. For sure, Dev, we yeah. can always build more as we go. So outside the station, our station is the heart of our story, but there are other domains at play here which tend to bleed over into the heart, and we are not the only heart in this sector. People come and go from stations all the time, after all. The Black. We are surrounded on all sides by the Black. In our immediate vicinity is what has been charted, but when you look at it all stretching out around you, it's difficult to tell the difference between the known and the unknown. At least in a town, there are woods, or lakes, or mountains, or other landmarks to use for orientation. Here, it is only the black. There could be anything out there, and sometimes, maybe, we think we can even catch a glimpse of it. The fringe. The fringe is what it sounds like. It is what exists on the fringes, on the borders between the black and the heart. It is not, however, necessarily just the empty space surrounding the station where station mechanics sometimes go on brief spacewalks. It's every nook and cranny where we, the ordinary people who live here, sometimes get a little too close to the endless inky darkness, and where the vast nothingness edges just a little too close to us. Observation decks, airlocks, torn and haphazardly patched holes in the walls are all fringe spaces, but there are also places that we can't immediately recognise as liminal ever-changing networks of in-betweens we nearly never recognize until we're in them. Hyperspace. We have engaged hyperspace as a means of traveling across the black while not acknowledging it, watching light streak by as we move even faster than it can go. There are rumors, however, that if you're not careful charting your course through hyperspace, you won't actually leave it when you slow down enough. Rather, you'll remain there in a twisted and backwards version of the world where everything seems just a little bit wrong. Stations will be the wrong coordinates. People who have been lost for years will be waiting for you to destination. Or, more simply, there will be a hatch. There was never a hatch before. It is dangerous to cross hyperspace without the proper credentials. If you are one of those who are willing to risk it, maybe you will have an encounter that will explain why. Note, hyperspace and the black intersect by necessity, but they are not the same place. You can touch the black and never fall into hyperspace, and hyperspace can be felt even under the warm, artificial sun of your station. They are equally unfathomable, but for very different reasons. God, I'm so glad that it felt to you to read that. It's so good. Zach's announcer voice is one of the best things. It, that, that went very far into, like... Reading the legal, mm -hmm. the legal yeah. yep. in a fucking. It was it was um, very hereafter. Doctor Dork, Doctor for what details? <laughs> it was good. It's very good. All right, so if we've got anything that we want to think about for the black, for fringe spaces, for hyperspace, well, because what I was wondering is that our station is two sides. We have, I guess, not well, two sides. We have the the above quote-unquote, and then the below. And so the below, we've said, was in the belly of the station. And so I'm wondering what would a fringe space in as much as uh, an observation deck or a porthole look like in the below, where you're like technically in the belly of the station, as opposed to just on the bottom side of the station. Like we've said, like we are within it and we are like working around the mechanics of the station. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be those sorts of things because that's not necessarily something that we're going to be privy to. Right, no, yeah, because I think when we were playing Kingdom, Carrie's space was an observation deck mm -hmm. that she went to to hang out, and that's where, like, she and Sol would hang out sometimes. And so I think for her especially, like, being in the space that has no fringe, that looks out i think will be fun to explore because she'll start not feeling claustrophobic but she is always someone who's been able to look out and then now that she can't look out it's the space where it's like oh i can't i can't actually look out at anything even if it's just looking out into space like dead space uh the idea that, like you've got this porthole that kind of looks out over an access hatch into a, a maintenance hallway and mm. then there's just wall on the other side you know and it's just like it's not anything but i do like that where it's like there is that buffer of space in between so if there is a window on a wall it looks out into just more mechanical stuff yeah. before it hits another wall because there's a lot of like space that can be like did you see something in there is there something going on in there i don't know people aren't supposed to go in there but ooh. Mm. I do also like the idea there's probably a, probably somebody, and I'm not naming names, but I am looking at Theo, um, has yeah. found the air ducts to yeah. the actual observation decks from the below. 
I think, didn't we characterize, like, the place that Saul's gang kind of had as their home base as being kind of almost like an abandoned cargo area? It was... Industrial. uh, Like, yeah, industrial. Okay. So, like, maybe that has uh, some sort of link to the outside a little bit. Yeah, I mean, would that be closer to where the airlocks are for the ships to dock? Yeah, that seems reasonable to me. And that would also make sense for crossing over, especially like in Theo's case, mm. having to <laughs> to smuggle goods out back in the here's day. A, here's mm-hmm. a pitch for like fringe and tying in that with Seoul's old territory. Maybe this this disused industrial area used to be like an active, maybe a port or like a docking area that got damaged during like solar winds or whatever, was boarded up. And because it wasn't deemed cost effective enough to uh, repair it, it just got reclaimed by the below. The below like spread into the area and they made it safe for people to use. Mm. But there's still, because it's a way out, like I like the thought of parts of it are very fringy because it is so close to the outside. Yeah. I have a pitch for hyperspace. I also have a pitch for hyperspace, just like a bit. We, ta- we talked a little bit about, hi, I haven't had a character in this universe yet. <laughs> but um, one of my characters was part of this like big kind of interstellar war against these gigantic space dragon things. And I it think maybe really they should be like that <laughs> live in hyperspace. Maybe hyperspace is like their territory. Maybe not in this place, but like their echoes sort of travel through it. I also kind of like those, those, so those ghosts that Davy can hear. Yes. What if they're in hyperspace? Mm. Love it. Love it. They're in, in Star Wars Rebels, there's these giant space whales, basically, that could travel at light speed. And Ezra was able to hear them, like, crying and calling even before they, they came out of hyperspace. So I kind of like that idea where it's like, it could also tie into the dragons too, where it's like, it, one, there will be space ghosts. Two, <gasps> there will also be space dragons that you can hear like their cries too. Well, I mean, like normal people can't, but um, <laughs> sensitives could. There was a gasp there, Mac. I just loved what if dot 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 two. <laughs> there, some of these space ghosts are the space dragons <laughs> and they're pretending <laughs> to be our Ancestors. That is so much <laughs> happening. I love it. I love it. That's, that's truly. This game. That's, truly that's this whole incredible. fucking game. I know it's true. That's this whole podcast. Let's be real. Co- correct. Because <laughs> Rascal's done a lot of traveling. Like, is there anything he's encountered in the black? Maybe as a wayfaring type. I mean, yes, he's encountered ver- like lots of things. I'm going to put Rascal's seen some shit. <laughs> Rascal's seen some shit. That's a good, like, blanket for, like, we can come up with this later. I always like, there's always been a lot of, there's a long-standing tradition of space as ocean. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the Rascal's style. Yeah, and I, I like the thought <laughs> of that sort of terminology and that iconography and the whole thing about maps leave spaces and they used that's the thing about how they used to just put monsters on maps don't go here here be dragons don't go here because whatever reason but stuff like that and i like the because of the amount of time he's spent traversing both hyperspace and the black and and Meva and parker as well it's just sort of like that keen awareness and the way it's talked about like because I think there are people that maybe have traveled who who don't have a very romantical nature about it or don't see it in the same way. And there's something about people that maybe treat the black in a different way. There are people, it's a thing to traverse, A to B, whatever. And there are people that know and respect what the black is and treat it like an en- a living entity in the same way that people will talk about the ocean. Mm-hmm. I like that. It is upon the, the ocean that we, uh, we write our destiny. Mm. Yeah, I love that, that you go into the black and you find yourself. I stared into the void and the void looked back. That's just my cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just, yeah, that's just owning a black cat. Okay, do we have any other last minute things before we finally actually introduce our characters? I think we're good. Let's meet some peeps. Characters. Everyone has two characters that are theirs. So, yes, there are going to be 12 people coming in and out of this story. You don't have to have two characters. 
But again, I wrote this game for this story, so we are the way that we are. They are not the <laughs> only characters that populate your station, or at least they don't have to be, but they are the ones whose story you will primarily be following. You do not have to begin the game with both of these characters in mind, but we did. Any character coming into play usually has a name, pronouns, general skill set, some sort of defining feature, whether physical feature, particular wardrobe style, or personality trait, a drive, and what we would call a tag, which is sort of a phrase you would introduce use to introduce that character at a party. Something like sword lesbian, <laughs> or, I don't know, angsty McMahon pain but a lady. <laughs> Any more than that can be discovered or altered in play. So, I like to think of tags as tropes. I just didn't want to put the word trope into this game. All right. Uh, so, I'm going to be playing, first off, Marisol Soul Hawk. Uh, her pronouns are she, her. Her skill set is punch. <laughs> Her. her defining feature is bleach blonde hair and a gruff attitude. Her drive is to hit others before they can hit, and then she has me crossed out and has instead substituted my family slash friends. And Aww. her tag is angsty McMampane, but a lady. <laughs> yeah, the original, the one the and OG. only. <laughs> <laughs> and then my other character is going to be Parker Young. His pronouns are he and they. Their skill set is part-time medic, part-time navigator. Uh, his defining feature is red and brown scales and leathery wings. His drive is keep my friends patched up as best I can. And their tag is big puppy energy, but make it draconic. Uh, my first character will be Kerrigan Kestrel, a.k.a. Carrie. Pronouns are she, her. Her skill set I have crossed out is money and attitude. And the real one is the skills and technical know-how to fix most ship systems. Defining feature is that she looks too clean and she has an imperious bearing. Her drive is to know and learn and to prove that she can because she is just an avatar of the beholding. Her tags are head bitch in charge, better than you, and knows it. And my second character is Davy Jane, a.k.a. Andreas Oriol. Pronouns are he, him. His skill set is speaking words worth listening to. His defining feature is genuine care for those around him and a charming smile. His drive is to build a better life for those in the below. And his tags are Hamlet meets Anastasia but in space, and also lost then found then misplaced but on purpose. <laughs> uh, I'm playing Max Valera, uses she, her pronouns. Her skill set is mechanical engineering and sarcasm. Defining feature, a gaze as sharp as her tongue, the custom leg brace. Her drive is to build something for herself with Meryl. Her tag is Grease Monkey, but make it lesbian. Um, and that's her. Then <laughs> uh, I have Theo Delaney, uh, whose pronouns are they, she, and them. Skill set is knows every inch of the below and getting into places where they shouldn't be, as well as mom powers. Defining feature is the patches of dark blue that model their skin and the ever-present hum of nervous energy. Uh, their drive is to look after their family and see their community thrive. And I figured out Theo's tag, which is anxious pixie dream them. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it. I love them I love so much. Today I will be playing the role of Minos Tar. I pronounce he him. Skill sets of superhuman robotic durability and universal friendliness and helpfulness. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> Uh, defining feature is a gleaming polished copper chassis, drive to ensure the happiness and prosperity of the Prince of Elsinore. Tag is robotic knight errant with a core of earnest compassion. Uh, and my second character is Rascal the Mighty, King of the Pirates, <laughs> Captain of the Tall Boy, Scourge of Unisol, and Galactic Hegemony. Wherever he may find them. His pronouns are he, him. His skill set is fighting, pirating, and leading pirates. Guess what, everyone? We're recording this on Talk Like a Pirate Day. I tried to see if we could get everyone to talk like pirates for this recording, but Max said no. Uh, his uh, defining feature is being a huge catman alien with an eye patch and laser claws. Laser claws. 
Laser Claws. Uh, his drive is to write my name on the face of the cosmos and die with the solar wind at my back. Which is the best drive I've ever heard in my entire life, I swear to fucking God. It's so good. <laughs> I love him. Uh, and his tag is Audaciously Magnificent Pirate Cat. All right, everyone, that's the game. Bye. Uh, there's, there, there, is a, there is a trope called Magnificent Bastard. Which is used to refer to like a kind of like shitty dude who's just really really good at what he does, but uh, he's not actually a bastard. He's just uh, he's just magnificent. <laughs> I love Rascal so much. I think probably the TV trope for Rascal would be is the one that's called Refuge and Audacity. Mm, absolutely, yes, good, very good. I love Rascal so much. I am playing Joe Stockton. Pronounce he him. Skill set mechanic and looking pretty. His defining features is he's, like, really pretty. <laughs> Himbo like, writes! Himbo writes, medium intelligent low wisdom. <laughs> I do appreciate that you crossed out high in Because yeah. <laughs> he's not actually a high, high intelligence low wisdom character. He's, like, a medium intelligence low wisdom character. I love that he's part. good at mechanics. That's about it. His drive is to see the stars, but also to get money home to his family, and he doesn't care much how he does it. He started... You know, I'll, I'll get back into his backstory later, but his tags are Himbo Rights Mechanic. My second character is Neva Nanathari. Her pronouns are she, her. Her skill set is a big electric energy weapon and also knives. No, knives. Knives. <laughs> Sorry. Knives. Um, I, I did write I, knives I just, like I that. Did, yeah, I did go and cancel the grammar uh, Thank uh, you. note for that because it is knives. Nice. nice. Her defining features is that she's some kind of plant alien. Her hair is made of these like bright sort of orangey, yellowy, pinky roots. And her whole body has lines and dots of subtle pulsing purple glow. Her drive is she's running away from her past. She's done being the hero. She's tired. She just wants to wreck shop and not have to make decisions with planets, civilization, society, altering consequences. Now when she when her decisions kill somebody, it's because she's decided to kill them with her own two hands. And her tags are tired ex-military commander plant lady. Really do be like that sometimes. She's very good. She is very good. So my first character is Meryl Whitmer. We are getting the Scooby gang back together. Her pronouns are she, her. Her skill set is finding things. Her defining feature is loyal to a fault and impulsive to a fault. Her drive is to make a life for herself that is a little more permanent. Guess who also did not write a tag for Meryl? <laughs> Wife. It's fine. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? Wife City. She is she Wife is City. Wife City. Works for me. I'm going to put Wife City down, actually. That's good. No, Hufflepuffs are very good at finding things. <laughs> Incredible. I love her. I love her. Yeah, no, if you put down Wife City, I was going to be like carried as eye emojis. <laughs> <laughs> My other character that I am going to be playing is a character named Blackjack. You might also know him as Meridian Prime. He uses he, him pronouns. His skill set is thievery and diplomacy. Uh, his defining feature is one bright golden eye, like a wolf's. His other one is just brown. It's just important that he has one, like, very bright gold eye. Uh, his drive is to keep every child he meets safe. And by extension, his tag is Papa Wolf. Cute. I love this. I love him so much. Um, let's talk about Lynx. Let's talk about Lynx. Hell yeah. Let's talk about Lynx. So I maybe lifted this directly from interstitial um so should i been should i been writing down light or heart <laughs> or mind or master <laughs> oh no 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 social um, links go you can you can if you want to i don't really care but no uh links here are based they're similarly they're character bonds we are expressing them in an opinion of one sentence or less and we have made sure that everyone has at least one link with at least one character of every player. Trying to explain this in words is really difficult. I really need to work on the wording of this. Um, but just to make sure every player is linked to each other. So Soul's links are a little complicated because Soul's feelings <laughs> oh, really? are a little complicated. So Soul's link with Carrie is a bunch of question marks that have been crossed out. And then I don't understand why, but she's decided to stay and that's all I can ask for. Her link with Meryl is, now that I have her back, there's no way in hell I'm letting anything happen to her again. Her link with Max is, she'd better take as good care of my sister as she does of her ships. And then crossed out, and I trust her to do that. 
Very sweet. <laughs> uh, her link with Minos is, I'm not too sure what things are going to be like now, but I'm willing to see. And her link with Davy is, I hope he's still alive by the time I get back. He's a good, and then Kate is crossed out and then replaced with man. <laughs> Parker's links are more simple because they're a very straightforward person. With Rascal, it's, he's my captain and I'll go where he goes no matter what. He has a link with Blackjack which is, I'd love to be as awesome as he is someday, dot, dot, dot. Kind of like a hero worship crush vibe. And his link with Miva is, she's so cool, but I can never tell how she feels. That's fair. Carrie's links with Soul is, what are we? And crossed out is, and why does it bother me so much that I don't know the answer to that? Meryl's is, it will always be a dance, but one that I enjoy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Zach is adding to my tag. <laughs> Max... <laughs> With Max is, she has my back and won't hesitate to hold me accountable, and that's new to me. I have a general sort of thing for Rascal before I realized that it was Rascal and not Rascal. <laughs> I, I've been confused about the and spelling Blackjack. for the last week. <laughs> Who knows? Same. He's a, he's a rascal. He's a rascal. With Rascal and Blackjack is, I know them by rumor only, and I don't put much stock in those to begin with. And then Zach has added, all the rumors downplay my greatness, exclamation point. <laughs> And with Miva is, while I don't think she completely bought my explanation, the important thing is she didn't try to arrest me. We'll let that come out and play. <laughs> you say this, but my... my uh... Yeah, yours will kind of explain it. Yeah. Uh, for Davy is, Theo's is always a breath of fresh air and a center in the whirlwind of responsibilities. I couldn't do this without them. Minos is solid, reliable, and steady. Meridian is a piece of me still remembers, but it's been far too long. For Soul, I've missed her when she's been gone, and I am excited to show her what I've done in her absence. When I was listening to Flotsam, it was a lot of yelling about building bridges. <laughs> for Meryl, yeah. For Meryl, I have no idea if she'll return, but there are so many things that I can't wait for her to learn about. And Joe, he's a charming and fun friend to have around. All right. Uh, Max's links. Her link with Meryl is just My Compass Rose. With Carrie, it's like juggling knives, never boring, never safe, never not useful. Uh, with Sol, whiskey in a chipped glass, strong, familiar, always welcome. And with Rascal, part favorite uncle, part bitch better have my money. <laughs> and... Just PayPal fees these days, it's so difficult. Uh, <laughs> fuck's sake. Uh, and for Theo... Their links uh, with Davy Jane, burning bright and beautiful, enough fire for the both of us. With Minos, my best friend and the kindest person I know. With Sol, 90% respect, 10% fear. <laughs> Joe, uh, this place wouldn't run half as good without him, dependable. And with Blackjack, I don't know what his agenda is with Davy and I don't trust him. And in very small letters, please don't take him away. Aww. You ever fucking it cry? Makes me so sad. <laughs> My so Minos, his link with Davy Jane is, what is a kingdom but a place the king calls home? I defend this kingdom with my everything. Oh, thanks, Dad. Uh, for Theo, it is not as jumpy as they used to be. I'm proud of them. For Sol Hawk, is a strong pillar for the downtrodden to rally around, rough hewn but solid. And for Meryl Whitmer, it is very good at finding, but for what is she looking? <laughs> For Rascal the Mighty, his links are with Miva Namathari. You slay a dragon with someone and it really shows you what they're made of. Miva's made of the right stuff. For Blackjack, it is sometimes, rarely, a job requires a deft touch. When those times rear their head, there's no person better for the role than old Blackjack. And don't you fucking forget it. <laughs> ah. uh, for Max is the only person I trust to work on my more intricate modifications. And for Parker, it is keep a fire in your belly. Even the medics must fight on my ship. <laughs> I love it. I hope that Parker is keeping a fire in his belly given that he's on a dragon. Interesting that dragons and dragons and dragons. We love dragons on Follow the Leader. It's we true. do. I don't have a ton of links. I have exactly one with every other player, I think. So for Joe, 
uh, with Meryl. It's MLM. Mlem solidarity and has given me a few jobs. And for Theo, it's mechanic buddy, smiley face. Neva's links are a little bit more elaborate. With Rascal, it's he gave me a new start and for that I'll stand by him. With Parker, it's a sweet kid, but if I have to see him, that means I've fucked up. (laughs) And uh, with Carrie, it's, aren't you that Unisol undercover, quote unquote, smuggler who I let pay me off to pretend I didn't know you were there? Smuggler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then Meryl's links uh, with Sol is, I would kill for her, to be quite honest. Max's link is colon capital D. (laughs) Carrie's link is she's fine, I guess. Probably won't ever fully trust her and she's not good enough for Saul, but whatever. (laughs) Her link with Minos is I think he'd be at best confused if I called him dad, but one day I'll be brave enough to test that hypothesis. And I mostly mean that as a joke. Mostly. With Davey is I try to stay out of politics, but honestly, if Davey asked me to do something, I'd do it. And for Joe, he's a great mechanic and such a sweet friend, but buddy, do you not see how half the station looks at you? (laughs) He's just himbo. It's fine. And then Blackjack has slightly fewer links. His link with Davey Jane is, I miss too much of his life. I don't want to miss any more, but I don't know if I have the right to it anymore. With Theo is, I'm glad to see my cousin have someone who loves him so wholly. And with Rascal, the best drinking buddy a mostly straight-edge crime lord could ask for. Yes, the only drinker who doesn't turn their nose up at my milk glass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you have a giant cat man and a werewolf in the same room, like, really? (laughs) Just imagine Rascal with a shot glass of milk, just doing the little kitty kitty (laughs) kind of thing. Is it it straight milk or is it a white Russian? I sometimes you know, a little bit of an inch, but it's the calcium you see from my bone. Organizations. Space stations are large enough by definition to handle crews and equipment and ships on top of all of their own internal mechanics. Makes sense then for there to be different organizations in place on board the ship or those reaching from elsewhere in the black to make their mark on the world. Each player gets to name one organization that has influence, power, or an important mission, at least by their standards, somewhere in the world. Your characters might be tied to one or more of these organizations, whether they know it or not. Their link with any organization doesn't have to be membership. It can be a desire for revenge against them, a begrudging alliance, or a desire to stay off their radar as long as possible. Don't worry too much about these organizations having strong footholds on the station or even making sure you've got a lot of organizations to start with. A crowded station can be interesting for lots of power struggles that the characters may or may not get caught up in, but an empty station, abandoned apart from your characters, can be just as interesting. And yes, I think about Wolf 359 a lot when I think about this game. (laughs) So one of our organizations is Organization 13. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is a goof, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I crossed it out and then Matt called me on it. I did it when they weren't looking and then they knew. I I <laughs> laughed about it. Yeah. Well, there was only one other person in the dock at the time. So, the Wallabies is a bit though, but I'm committing to it. The Red Badders renamed themselves. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Mulligan took over, changed it to the Red Wallabies. We did a lot of world building off mic so that we could maybe do a little bit of play today. Um, (laughs) There are some of these that I don't recognize. Yeah, we'll detail these as we go if we need to just clarify, give some little detail on who they are. Because some are just sort of sketched out. So the Black Raptors, which was formerly Saul's gang when she was living on the below. The Red Wallabies, which is run by someone named Mulligan. I just committed to this bit. I don't understand how, what the Uh, bit I'm just thinking about... When you mulligan something, like when you call a mulligan, and then Wallabies also, just came up as a joke. When we did the Flotsam recording and we were trying to come up with another gang name, Red Wallabies was suggested first. Then we said, no, that's silly. Let's do the Red Adders instead. And it was the mm. other gang that sort of looked after security in the below. And I just like the thought that they've changed their name since. Maybe that's why yeah. they're called the Wallabies and Mulligan, because they do, they're doing it over. Then there's Davy's group of Davy's flock. There's also Linwood's group of shitheads, which is somehow still on the station, even though Linwood's gone for now. Is he? Is he? <laughs> I don't know what the Pact of Three is. What's the Pact of Three? The Pact of Three is the military organization that Miva is no longer a part of. Good Great. shout. And then the above security force, which is just rich people police. Mm-hmm. Got it. I'm going to put Unisol on here, even though we're not thinking about them because they're still in 
play. I mean, we're always thinking about them because Carrie's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just, uh, does Rascal? Does the crew of the Tall Boy count as an organization in and of their own right? I am a king. Then yes, that's not. <laughs> it's not an overestimation of my sway. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Rascal is a king of the pirates. Yeah, is there like more pirate ships than just the Tall Boy? Oh yeah, he's got a fleet. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, or a flotilla. So, I'm gonna yeah. call it the Tall Boy Fleet. If you want to come up with a better name, Zach, please do. That's just a placeholder. We could check the uh, faction names I came up with in Echo. Ooh, good shout. Uh, the only thing I'm wondering is, are Linwood's group of shitheads connected more directly to Elsinore, or do we need to include Elsinore also? I was figuring that it would have been the Elsinorian contingent Ooh. on the the below. Okay. Or at least people that, you know, maybe if they were born on the below, they are now part of his group and by extension the group from Elsinore. I love the okay. Elsinore contingent. I'll put that in there. Yeah, that's good. Let's jump to locales. A locale is a place, probably on your station or in its auxiliary ships, where things will happen. Locales are often, but not always, tied to characters as their usual haunting grounds. Or they can just be a place where no one treads, like the red door behind an airlock hatch missing a key. You can always add more locations later, and probably should. An easy way to come up with some starting ones is to imagine where one or the other of your characters can typically be found. So we've got, for hours so far, Carrie's personal ship, the Monkey's Uncle, which is now an intergalactic chain, (laughs) it's a franchise it's a franchise yeah the below has a roller rink now because i say so which is exactly what i wrote down and i'm just saying exactly what i wrote meridian's personal ship theo and davy's place the reclaimed meeting place of davy's old followers slash a community space maker space which is a place where folks can go and use tools slash equipment they don't have money or space for at home joe's shop and the tall boy do we want to add the black raptors meeting space here also is that not the monkey's uncle? <laughs> not officially. <laughs> the, the monkey's uncle was in was the their edge. Uh, territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we should actually add that. So I'll just add Black Raptor's territory. Now that Soul's not the leader anymore, they don't hold official meetings in <laughs> the monkey's uncle. So the last thing that we do, like, tangibly are dreams and mysteries. Once you have the tangible of your station established, you establish the intangible. What dogs your steps as you try not to stare out the station portholes. Go around one more time and suggest either a dream or a mystery to explore. Dreams are usually some sort of portent of events to come or visions of a murky past, often expressed in strange imagery and pretty vague as to their actual subject. Mysteries are slightly more concrete, usually expressed as questions, but equally as head-scratching. So I had one that I pitched that I was just thinking about. The spirits were quiet for a while, but Davy had a terrifying dream recently, and it's got to be connected. I like this one that... Jay, did you write it? Mm-hmm. What is a legacy? For examples of ones that we came up with in This Town is Full of Monsters, we had such things as, Hey, nobody's dying or getting old. What's up with that? And like, what are ghosts? Do we have any other ideas for mysteries at this point? Because we can always add more, right? Yeah. Sweet. I feel like we should have one about the above, just because I do kind of want the above to be a looming threat as well. Sure. Yeah, the above is interesting because it's like there's a whole society that just does not interact with us, except to, you know, the police. Hey, Zach, you want to read what you just typed into the doc for us, please? I wrote the silver man with a starlight sword who recurs in Rascal's dreams. I wonder who that could be. Mm-hmm. That could guy. That be? Mm-hmm. With his knockoff lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say steady as it goes with a in with a control I invert filter. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I guess I also probably might have a personal ghost, but I'm not sure if I have a concrete enough idea of it to put it in Dreams Mysteries. I know, it's like I feel like the the girls should have one, but I also can't think of one aside from what are emotions? <laughs> what are feelings? Mm. What is going on with Sol and Carrie? Jesus. <laughs> we is, may never know. When will they define the relationship? <laughs> How about for a mystery with the above? Maybe why does the above tolerate us? Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like how have we survived this long down here in the below? Yeah. How has the below survived this long? within? I think this- especially with davy's 
organization of them. Mm. Yeah. 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 If we're in the belly of the ship and we're in the maintenance shafts, it's like if we're in the maintenance shafts and the above doesn't come down here, then who's flying the plane? And I mean that in all seriousness. Who is maintaining this station? How are we still afloat? Part of the way I like to think about it, and this doesn't have to be what we do here, is I like the notion that a small crew were expected to run the ball out. And I think people still do. And they weren't allowed up, so they started like bringing their children down there and having children. And then people got disillusioned with the above but didn't have the means to leave. So they headed yeah. down below or they ran below. Let's talk about so, classism. So we've created a Bioshock game. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I was actually going to ask if we'd ever, ever actually seen anyone of the above. And what if it was just a pristine self-run like tomb up there? Mm, I like the fact that you use the word tomb. It's a really yeah. good, it's a really good word there. Yeah. That's interesting. Like rapture happened above us and nobody knows. Well, how about that then? That's just like, because it, it's, I mean, obviously ratcloning is a thing. We're probably going to be doing that a few times, but maybe why have we stopped seeing people from the above? Because it used to be implied that, that it was like Palmer was Davies was getting security. shaken down by the above security force. But it might be interesting if they have like a station there, but they aren't getting orders anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe people just have the uniforms of them and we don't know. Or they're getting orders, but they're not coming from people. They're coming from an AI. Yeah. Or something from hyperspace. Mm. But yeah, I like the thought that mm. because we don't go above, we have our own, people have make their own ways often on the below without ever having to engage mm-hmm. with the above. That, I love that. It could be Rapture up there. It could be everybody. It could be pristine. It could be, we don't know. We don't know. That actually means that, that this, uh, I mean, I guess we have like other cargo entrances hmm. that are mm-hmm. meant to be in the below that we like. Oh, yeah. We have our own port. Yeah. yeah, we have our own port and stuff. Because like that would be more of the, uh, the fuck, what was it called? Fringe? The fringe. Yeah, I think definitely like, especially they would have kept explicitly cargo down to the below because that's something that, you know, Oh, you you don't want to see like the ugly cargo ships coming in. Like passenger ships, dignitary mm. ships, and so on would have come into the above, but cargo and um, low level traders and uh, pirates, for mm-hmm. instance, scoundrels. Yeah, that general class would have just been like your landing clearance is in the below. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too because like Miva used to run a like a space station of roughly this size. So in huge. her past. <laughs> so she would have understandings of like, she would have questions mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And Carrie would definitely. Mac, Max too from the Bastion. Like, mm-hmm. so that's good. I mean, this place is clearly bigger than that. So, which is great and good. All right. Is that everything we need to establish? Um, uh, ooh, Zach, Zach. I love that. I love so that. Good. I love that. I love that. that. That's a real. That's a real silence in the library forest of the dead situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I said was imagine if there's the the security force of the above still patrols. They all wear full body armor, so nobody can tell that they're empty or dead. Nice, nice, nice. Extremely good. Don't dead open inside. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yes. strings and recap. When I said before we pin all this to the map, um, we have a Google Doc where we're keeping all of this organized. You could also use like an online whiteboard or if you're playing in person, have an actual corkboard with string that you use like a conspiracy board. So when I talk about strings, I'm talking about it's the links between things, the connections that people have to each other, to locales, to organizations, to the station itself. There might be a time where you feel as though there's a potentiality for something, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is yet. And it's not accounted for by anything we've established. Um, So what we'll do is we just tie a string to it and get back to it later. And it's like loose threads hanging in the wind. Eventually you can tie them up, you don't have to. There's going to be some things that are just going to be left hanging for a while. Like, who knows if we're ever going to answer the question about what are ghosts? I would love to, but if we don't, and then you can link strings directly to players. Like, if you have a scene with somebody where at the end of it, you're like, I think that that's saying something new about 
where we are or what we're doing or who you are, but I don't know what that is yet. You can take that string for yourself and then you can turn it into a tag or an answer to a questioner at some point later on down the line. If you are familiar with This Town is Full of Monsters, it's like the marker system, but more thematically appropriate for a conspiracy board. So, it's been a while since we've seen the folks in Flotsam, and even longer since we've seen the folks from the Icarus game. The last time we saw the Uneven Orbits girls, though, they were, you know, just pulling into the station. But what what have the other characters been up to in the last few years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for Davy, progress has been made in the intervening years. He has a place that he can call home now with Theo, children underfoot to boot, and a presence among the citizens of the below. And just to add, maybe not adding a whole lot to that, but Theo finally did something about their feelings for Davy and had like an emotional conversation or realization. Sol, Kerry, it can be done. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Sol and Carrie are completely different than Theo. And oh Davey. yeah. Um, but again, this th- what they actually know how this to this building of community that's been going on. They have five children there uh, that they've adopted, uh, various ages. But they've built a life and a home, and it's been. Did we say about eight years since ten? Ten years since Flotsam. <sighs> well. Uh... Seven to eight years, Seven, because okay. I think I had Pitt, Davy, and Flotsam at around, like, oldest at 20, like, around 22, mm-hmm. and then he's 30 now. Okay, so that makes Theo in, uh, like, middle-ish 20s, because they don't actually know how old they are. But that, that that's that's them. They're adorable. I want to know what Rascal's been doing, also. Not that we've seen Rascal in this universe before, but... What's his deal? I'm the king of the pirates. I've been pirating. Being a, I've been pirating. I helped Neva kill a base dragon. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going around. I've been having dreams recently. Hey, same boat. About apparently, has he always yeah, been uh, king, or is that a recent thing? Has he worked uh, his way up hmm. the pyrex, or is he? Did he build the pirate fleet? And his air go. I king. think he built the pirate fleets. Mm. Our previous interactions with Rascal have been with him as a cat, <laughs> who, who cannot pilot a ship, <laughs> uh, and him as a dead rock. Uh, this is Rascal <laughs> at prime, at his height. Yeah, yes, Rascal Prime. <laughs> yes, the, this is Rascal at his most powerful and audacious. Uh, so yeah, I think he is the kind of guy who like. Are you all familiar with a the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yes, I am with aware. A, with a, a, <laughs> Jap- a Japanese serialized comic book called One Piece. <laughs> okay. You know, I think a couple of my friends are watching it for a podcast right now. <laughs> so imagine if Monkey D. Luffy was that kind of just just audacious, you know, warrior dude, but also, like, wanted to, knew what being King of the Pirates was and decided to do it mm. instead of being, like, kind of ditzy and just wandering around. So all that kind of um, shonen power packed into a guy who understands what he's doing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> very, very good. He knows how to weaponize the power of friendship. <laughs> a lot of def- a lot of defeat equals friendship in the in the the Starborn fleet. Mm. I love it. I have another question, which I know we talked about at one point in text chat, but laying it out all out on the table. What brings Rascal to the below? Well, I'm looking for the Silver Man, and I heard that there was a Metal Man on the below. <laughs> so I'm going to need to go and find that guy and check and see if he's the Silver Man. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, are we just gonna have a scene with Zach talking to himself? Because that's exactly what I want. <laughs> we should all just have scenes of ourselves talking to ourselves. Really? Oh my god! We'll see how it goes. <laughs> just kidding. I don't want to edit that. <laughs> Once Rascal does arrive, he might have some thoughts about the way that things are being run. I'm sure. So we'll see how it goes. I, I haven't yeah. made any decisions yet, but I do know that I'm looking for a metal man. And I hear this word around, so cool. I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to see him. 
And then I guess the last thing, just for clarity's sake, while Meryl was, and I know that I'm going to say this again, while Meryl was dead. Uh, Inverted she commas. She death, is not a ghost. She is not a ghost. I only, I already have one ghost character. I don't need to. While she was uh, on the run and had faked her death, uh, she found her way to the below, uh, which is how she knows all of the plots and folks, which we'll find out about soon. And in the 27 years since we've seen Blackjack, <laughs> he got married twice, adopted a kid, and accidentally became the head of an interplanetary crime syndicate, which is what happens when you end up fighting a crime lord in the street because he was hurting kids. And Blackjack was like, I'm not standing for this. And then everyone was like, okay, you're in charge now. And he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it be that way like, sometimes. Like, well, I... I guess this is my life now. Yeah. So these days he leaves a lot of the criming to other people and he runs a halfway house for young planetless kids with his husband who was formerly a member of the Elsinorian Royal Police um, <laughs> and his spouse and his kid. And he is coming to the below to see his cousin, Davy Jane, who he left on the below some uh, 20 years ago has not seen since. All right. And that's what you missed on Glee. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!